How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Valley Vibes. I am David Azer alongside Nick Freitas, and we have a great show for you guys today. Later in the episode, we are joined by Blue Sox player Matt Bergevin. Really exciting interview that we are really looking forward to bringing out for you guys. Nick, how are we doing? Doing great. It's a beautiful day outside today. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to getting some golf in later as well. But first, we have three games to recap from last week's episode. So the Blue Sox are sitting at 6-3 and three on the year, top of the West Division right now. And they are riding a four-game win streak heading into tonight's game. So, Nick, what are some what are some takeaways from from this last week? Definitely the hitting. Uh, AJ Guerrero was a great addition to the team. He fit right in. He's now hitting in the second slot, and he's just been nothing short of unbelievable. Uh, his first game on Friday versus the Danbury Westerners, he had two hits off two pitches and two at bats, which was just incredible to see. He's just been a great addition for the Blue Sox. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's, like you said, he slots very well into the middle order of this lineup. And the the ability to bring in a player of his caliber like A.J. Guerrero, kind of mix and match where you want to put him, has really given this whole lineup a boost that they sort of really needed after the first few weeks. It was a little bit more on the pitching end was was really showing out. And now the offense is starting to find a groove, starting to really produce one through nine. And yeah, we're going to we're going to start with the June 15th game versus the Sanford Mainers. This was away and this was a, a really good showing. The Blue Sox put up their most runs that they have all season with 10. So, Nick, where, where do we want to start here? Uh, how about we started that fourth inning when the Blue Sox scored five? It's just the patience at the plate getting on base. And Kreutzman had a couple RBIs in that inning with a double. Uh, it's just the patience at the plate for the Blue Sox and seeing the ball very well. Yeah, for sure. Kreutzman with a league-leading 11 RBIs on the season just keeps producing game after game in that cleanup spot. And that really allows these other players on in the lineup to work these counts, work these walks, and even just get on in these full count situations, make these pitchers really work for their outs. And it has been working very well for this team on the four-game win streak up to this point. Also wanted to shout out Arrigo again with another save. Kind of gave us a little scare in the bottom of the ninth with bases loaded, but he's able to get out of it yet again. He's been awesome this season. Yeah, for sure. So we had a flyout, a strikeout to get two outs in the inning from Arrigo in the bottom of the ninth. Then there was a drop third strike. The runner advanced on a strikeout. Then there was a walk first and second. A pass ball moved it to second and third. Then there was a, another walk to make it bases loaded. And this is when you're kind of sitting there watching being like, oh boy, this is a game now. This is interesting. The Blue Sox were up by four runs, but bases loaded scenario. Game could easily get a tie game or even the Mainers could have taken the lead here. And Arrigo settles in settles down, and strikes out the last batter to win the game. So really impressive working out of trouble there from Arrigo. And if we want to move on to the next game, which was the following day, June 16th, and that was the first game of the year that the Blue Sox saw their division rival, the Danbury Westerners, who at the time were first in the West Division. 
and the Blue Sox overtook them in a victory here. Yeah, we just had another showing of the bats for the Blue Sox in the third inning. We got another five runs. It's just piling on the hits in one inning, and that's how the Blue Sox are winning. Yeah, the runs come in bundles for the Blue Sox so far. We have a lot of innings that they put up four or five runs, and really that just sets the tone for the rest of the game. The bottom of the third would be all of the runs that the Blue Sox produced in this game, and that would be enough to earn them the victory 5-2. to two. And I want to touch on Sean Scanlon, the two-way player for the Blue Sox, who has been a very good starter in his nine innings. I don't believe he's allowed a run if we want to touch on him. Yeah, he had a great game, five innings, no runs. He just really shut the door on the Westerners on that Friday game. Yeah, and the bullpen locked it down as well. Leo Harris had an inning. Brandon Yagish ran into a bit of trouble there, only only pitched a third of an inning, and then Zach Cameron came in for the two and two-thirds to shut down the game there. And this was the first game that A.J. Guerrero was in the lineup. He batted fifth this this game, I believe, and then Coach Santiago moved him up to second in the next game. But just having that that player, A.J. Guerrero, in there is just so huge for this team. It really, like like we said before, it really allows them to kind of work into these counts and just to have a guy behind you pretty much all the time, one through nine, that can really make make an impact it is so special for this team. And we've seen the offense really moving lately. Yeah, I mean, being a returning guy from last year, he definitely knows how to fit right in. And he really did that that night. He had two walks. He was patient at the plate. Like I said earlier, he had two hits on two pitches. He just had an outstanding game. Yeah, definitely. And I think before we move on here, we do we definitely should touch on Matt Bergevin, who at this point had an eight-game hitting streak in his first eight games in the NECBL, got on base every single time, was working a bunch of walks as well, and the RBIs were coming for him in that three slot, which we've pretty much grown accustomed to seeing him in that three hole there for this team every time they go out there. Yeah, it was just a great all-around game for the Blue Sox on Friday. And kind of moving into Sunday, they just built off that win. Eight runs yet again on Sunday. The bats were very hot. And looking at the pitching, it wasn't much different. Jeffries came in. Uh, He didn't allow a run. He did awesome. Vaughn. Also did great, did not allow a run. The bullpen coming out, shutting the door yet again. A little bit of a scare in the bottom of the ninth. There was a close call on a home run, but the Blue Sox were able to get out of it. Yeah, and also just want to touch on real quick, Jeffries and Vaughn making their season debut, their team debuts for this season, and both produced great outings out of the bullpen. And the offense, a little bit different in this game, as we've said before, they kind of produce a lot of runs in one inning, and then that really seals the deal from the jump. But this was this was sort of a combined effort from a lot of different innings. And they put up eight runs and were able to sort of stipend this Westerners offense that was really in it for a lot of this. I believe the Westerners had the lead at one point, and then the Blue Sox came right back, scored four runs in the bottom of the fourth to kind of seal the deal for the rest of this game. But the Westerners kept putting up runs. They had a few one-run innings. I believe they scored in five of the innings of of this game. So the Westerners were really not going down without a fight. And to see the Blue Sox being able to shut them down 
is just really encouraging and, and really what you need for the rest of the season. Yeah, I also wanted to touch on a player I feel like we haven't touched on a lot, and that's Matt Garcia. He's been getting the starts at shortstop. He's now leading off. He had a hit on Sunday in the win, and he's just been unbelievable. He has a 280 average now, up from, what, like 176? Yeah, something like say. that. So he's been on a crazy hot streak. Yeah, and Garcia, like like Nick said, has moved up to this leadoff spot. We'll see if he sticks around there. but. The switch hitter from Mizzou to see him kind of turn a corner here after after a bit of a slow start is really just a a testament to how good this lineup is to have Garcia in that in that leadoff spot a switch hitter which I really enjoy just being able to hit from both sides and kind of combat either side of the of the plate is really really good and the Blue Sox have three switch hitters actually they have Garcia they also have Michael Zarillo and catcher Efren Correa, all switch hitters, which is really huge to be able to use these in versus both arms on the mound is is really helpful as well. And one thing we should touch on as well in this Sunday game is the bottom of the lineup really produced for this for this team. I believe they scored five or produced five or six RBIs in this game. Jeff Pierantoni went two for two with two singles, as well as two hit by pitches. So got on base every single time he went up to the plate and to see the bottom of this lineup really start to produce and kind of turn a corner. Like we saw with Garcia really just, it, it makes you ask how far can this team really go? Yeah. Like you said, Pierre and Tony is really fitting in well in that second base slot moved over from short earlier in the year. And he's just really finding his role. Yeah. And another thing about Pierre and Tony is his defense is incredible. He's made a couple of acrobatic tags to tag out some runners trying to steal bases. And if the defense is there and you know, it's going to be there from Pierre and Tony to see the offense start to sort of come through for him as well is just awesome to see. So do we want to add anything else about these three games? Uh, I just want to touch on that diving catch and right by Kreisman. Unbelievable catch. Yeah, that was incredible in foul territory sliding in the warning track gravel over there to it was a foul it was a foul out but to save an at bat really to not even give him a chance to to get on was really cool as well and kind of going off of that which I forgot to mention as well there was I think there was two outs in the ninth inning of this game and there was an absolute shot to left field that looked like it was probably getting over probably dropping for an extra base hit AJ Guerrero speeds over faster than I've ever seen <laughs> makes an over the shoulder catch on the run to probably save the game really that probably would have resulted in a tie game from the Westerners and yeah just shut out any sort of chance that the Westerners could have to end the game that was incredible I know I was sweating that one out I yeah that's the first home run we'd see at McKenzie Stadium all year with the dimensions that we have I believe it's 380 and left 400 dense center yeah it's- very hard to hit a home run, especially with wood bats. Yeah, absolutely. The Blue Sox only home run of the season so far came on the road with CJ Willis. And like you said, this McKenzie Stadium is very much a pitcher's ballpark. These balls don't travel very far. So when you see one given a ride and potentially, yeah, that was either a home run or an extra base hit, no doubt, to see AJ Guerrero really get on his horse and and run for that ball was awesome. So 
anything else we want to add or I think we're good to get in our All right. player interview. So here is the big one. The Matt Bergevin interview. And here we go. All right. We are here with the Valley Blue Sox first baseman and outfielder, Mr. Matt Bergevin. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Of course. Looking forward to it. All right. So to get right into it, Matt, we've all seen the slip and slide video on TikTok. Uh <laughs> I just want to know how these little team bonding activities uh, attributes to team chemistry and team success overall. Oh, it's great. That's the stuff that starts it. And it's funny because that wasn't even supposed to be me. Um, uh, Duro, the guy that did it with me, Harrison, we were talking with Ben Roberts, the one of the starters, and, and he was like, you guys won't do it because we're, we're all like, oh, we should do a tarp slide. Like, yeah. come on. And I'm like, there's got to be a pitcher that'll do it because like on his off day, and then Ben's like, you're the one talking about it. Like, you do it. And I'm like, all right, I'm not doing it alone. So it's like stuff like that's great because it's like we're all just like bantering at each other and stuff. Especially like that was like second or third day. Yeah. Like it almost like breaks the ice like in a way to just show like it's summer ball. Like we're just here to have a good time and like get to know like new guys and stuff. It's awesome. Stuff like that's like it's the stuff to remember too. Like that's the stuff I'm going to tell my kids about. Like I don't know what I did in that game. But I know that I got like forty feet on like my slide, so <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the fun stuff. It's it's a good time. Yeah, that was impressive. By the way, I was watching from the press box. <laughs> I was like, you got some distance yeah. there. I didn't yeah. know I could slide like that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe pull that out in the game. I should. should. <laughs> that would be cool. Kind of going off of the rain delay activities. I remember one day I was in the press box during a rain delay, and you came up and we're looking for an HDMI cord. To play Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the boys got to stay locked in somehow. Absolutely. You know, and we had to stay competitive. And there's only so much baseball you can play in the rain. So yeah. I was like, I know we have the switch in there. Like, <laughs> we might as well bust it out. Like, it's I sucked. I think I came in seventh. I'm going to be really honest with you. But, well, yeah. a very important question here because you can tell a lot about a person by who is your character in Mario Kart? Yoshi. Okay. Every single time, Yoshi. Good that choice. That is probably one of the best answers I've heard. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's an, huge. It's an iconic answer that's right huge. there. Let's go. <laughs> and then we wanted to also ask, we know you're from Arizona. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of curious, where do you stand on sports teams' allegiance? Are you more of an Arizona guy? I know you had a Mookie Betts jersey we saw yeah. at the Red Sox game. So where yeah. are we at there? Uh, we're a little all over the place. Okay. Quite frank with you um the mookie Betts, boston my dad is from north shore boston oh cool um so i have like a soft spot for all the boston teams just because growing up obviously he was huge and still is a huge boston fan um i wouldn't say i'm like a fan of any of those teams though like i'm a coyotes fan i'm a humongous suns fan like i i mean i was there when dragon bender was our power forward <laughs> too, so i'm a real suns fan yeah um I don't really have a football team because the Cardinals are so poorly run that yeah. I just, I don't like, I don't mess with it. The only one I'm weird on is baseball. I'm not a Diamondbacks fan. Okay. Uh, my parents both are. I'm a Mariners fan of all things, actually. No way. No way. That yeah, They're my it. second team. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I, um, the story behind that is I have some family from Seattle, like that's loose. And so they kind of like, when I was little, they kind of got it into me. Um, but, uh, when I was like 12 or 13, the, my little league team that won the championship was the Mariners. Ah. And Felix had just thrown his perfect game like yeah. right before then. And I was watching that. 
And so I got into it then just thinking like, oh, it's like my little league team, whatever. Like they're cool. And it just stuck. Like, <laughs> I don't know why it shouldn't have, but I've been a Mariners fan basically ever since. So I'm pretty much Arizona except for that. Yeah, yeah. cool. I'm, I'm with you there. I don't really know where the Mariners fandom came from. I think they're just fun. They're fun. Yeah. yeah like they have good uniforms. It's a beautiful yeah. park. Like the, they have some legends and mm-hmm. the team now is not that bad. I mean, well, this year they are, but <laughs> you know, like it's not a bad squad. So no, they're fun to watch. Like, yeah, for sure. I, I wish they'd win more, but yeah, yeah. I, I think it's coming. The rotation is really good. Really good. <laughs> really, really good. I, I mean, love Castillo. Oh, Castillo's <laughs> great. Kirby's great. Gilbert Miller, the whole thing. It's great. So. Hopefully we can string some wins together. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'm optimistic, at least. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, but kind of going off of that, being an Arizona native, you kind of alluded to this as well. Um, what made you pick Fairfield University and the Blue Sox on the East Coast, being from the West Coast originally? Yeah, so Fairfield was more of a, I don't want to say an accident, but kind of. Um, I'm from Tempe, which is where Arizona State is. Yeah. And so a couple of years ago, Fairfield made the regionals when they had that crazy year. They went like 33 and two, like in the regular season. Um, and they upset Arizona State in the regionals. I had never heard of Fairfield before that. I was at a junior college at the time. So I just sent them an email basically saying like, Hey, you used to be my hometown team. Like, do you need a first baseman? And they were like, yeah, we, we do. And I'm like, I've never really played first, but can I come type of thing? Um, cause I was talking to some other schools. Like I talked to Long Beach State. I talked to UCSD, I talked to Stony Brook, I talked to Villanova, and they were all like, they all basically said like, you need to stay in JUCO for another year before you can come. And I just Mm -hmm. wasn't, I didn't, I had no interest in doing that. So Fairfield was great because they could let me come right away, which was awesome. I had the opportunity to play right away, which was awesome. I had the opportunity to play for a program that was really good, which was great. I had no idea that the academics were as good as they were. I had no idea that the campus was as nice as it was. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. So it was kind of more one of those things. Like I went in blind because I knew I could play and then ended up really liking it, which was awesome. I got really, really lucky in that regard. Um, And then just kind of since then, I've loved the East Coast. Like I played New York last summer, had a blast. And then um, in August, kind of when like all those NECBL contracts came out, my infield coach was like, hey, do you want to go to Valley? And I'm like, shoot, why not? Like I knew Melnick, Mm -hmm. uh, the catcher from last year, I texted him about it. He said it was a great spot. Um, and then a couple of my teammates that played against Valley said like, yeah, like the guys seemed to like it. Um, I heard the coach was cool. Pedro is obviously super cool. Um, and it was pretty easy for me. I think I said yes before I even got on campus, like to, for the fall. So yeah, that's been a really good fit too, which is awesome. So yeah, we're, we're certainly happy to have you as well. It's been, it's been awesome. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> yeah, so kind of going off of that too. Uh, obviously, your top ten in batting average and top ten in walks. Uh, what have you been seeing up at the plate that just made it seem so easy for you this season? A ton of curveballs, <laughs> bro. Last night, man. Like, not to tangent too much, but it's two zero. I've already walked twice, and I turned down to the catcher. I'm like, yo, it's two zero. Can I get a free fastball? I, was like, I don't know, man. They throw me a 2-0 curveball. It's an absolute hammer. I'm like, all right, like, come on. I'm just, that was messed up. Like, all right, that's, like, that's on me. It won't happen again. Throws me another one, 2-1. And I'm like, bro, what? like, come on. No, it's it's like, it's nice because I'm getting pitched the same way that I was getting pitched during school. So, like, my approach just hasn't changed. Like, in school, I got pitched backwards a ton. I saw mm. so many early breaking balls and then a bunch of fastballs up, like, to end at bats. That's what's happening here, too. Um, so for me, it's like, 
a lot of guys talk about like the adjustment from like summer ball and school ball, like because there's a difference like, mm-hmm. with metal and stuff and like new guys. For me, it's like I'm taking the same at bats. Like yeah. I'm seeing similar sequences. Um, I'm seeing similar arms. Obviously, like this is a league that's pretty good, so like the the arms are about the same. And just from there, it's like you just work your approach and get hits. Like it'll come when they come, or it won't. You know, if it doesn't. But for me, like the big thing is just try and take like instead of having like one at bat and like do that five times, like have one big at bat throughout a game. And that's what helped me last night. Like I popped up my first at bat because I missed the, just a cookie heater, so I knew I was going to get heaters the next that batter two, and that way I can just like keyhole a spot. And that's why I worked two walks because they're just missing. And it's like, no, I don't want that. Like I'm not going to get myself out again. So it's like that approach in just terms of like taking the long game and trying to like really think about like, okay, if they threw me this pitch, like two at bats ago, it sets up this pitch now and you can like sit on it a little better. So that type of stuff is what I've been trying to do, but it helps when the sequences are similar just because you have so much repetition and so much practice with it too. So as I say that, they're going to change it. But you know, that is what it is. Yeah, that's that's awesome too. Just to know that it's like sort of one big at bat is, is really a, a cool way of thinking about it that I really haven't heard all that often before. And something that I think is also translating to the whole team because the, the whole team has been working walks really well. I think there were twelve walks last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's um like EJ's hitting the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Right now. And EJ and I were just talking, like, because we get pitched pretty similar. Like, it's a lot of breaking stuff early. It's a lot of fastballs up, like, to finish ABs. And so, like, there's at-bats where we're sitting on a curveball. Like, especially, like, I think at, like, the lower levels, like, you're always told, like, always be on the fastball, always be mm-hmm. on the fastball. But it's, like, for, like, guys like like Mike or EJ or Elliot or, like, those guys that have some juice that that pitchers know can, can run into something, like, it almost makes more sense one to sit uh, just to get me over breaking ball because that's going to be the best pitch you get. So it's great because all all of us, like, talk about it. Like, we're all, like, gym rats in terms of, like, getting in the cage. Like, our discussions in the dugout, like, yes, we joke around a lot, but a lot of it is, hey, like, what did you see? What did it set up? Like, what does it mean for my at-bat? Like, stuff like that. Like, we're all smart players. So it makes it easy because not only is it one big at-bat, but it, it's it's like you're taking eight other at-bats once yours is done because you can see like, okay, you know, if this guy's comfortable like throwing uh Zerillo a two oh curveball when he's hitting right handed, I'm probably gonna get a two oh curveball. Like and then you can kind of look for that and like pick your spot to jump something. So it's really helpful that we're all um mature in that way to like talk about it, try and figure out sequences. And obviously last night it really helped us. But just offensively in general, like you've kind of seen us really grow into it. And a lot of it's a lot of it's us being comfortable enough to talk to each other about it and like really get a sense of like what is happening in the game, what we can do to decipher it and like how we can like piece together either that bats. Cause hitting with wood is hard. You have to be a lot better than you were with metal. And so to be able to do that really helps us out as a team. Cool. Yeah. It seems like you guys have definitely been on the same wavelength, especially last Sunday against Martha, Martha's Vineyard when you guys got four walks and, no hits in the inning and got four runs. Yeah, that was insane. That was, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen oh in a baseball gosh. game. But was, it just attests to the patience that you guys have at the plate. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, it's it definitely helps, too. And just it, those longer at-bats, especially in summer, like, pitchers want to get the heck out of there, man. So <laughs> just that type of stuff. And, like, Pedro preaches it all the time, like, being patient and being tough with two, like, and the way it translates. Like, you don't really see it, like, in the second inning. But in the seventh inning, when they don't know how to get you out, and all of a sudden the guy tries to be too perfect and he hangs a slider, 
That's what happened with EJ at, on Martha's Vineyard the other day. That's why he hit that base playing double. They didn't know how to get him out because he had to make so many good pitches before. He's like, I'll flip one over and see if it works, and all of a sudden it's three runs. Like that type of stuff really does play. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. Cool. Exactly. And just to kind of wrap us up, uh, some of the interns in the office were seeing some Uncrustables fly in. Yep. And we heard that's kind of a superstition for yep. the team. Yep. Uh, do you think that the Uncrustables have played a part in the Blue Sox success so far? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of things have played my success so far. The Uncrustables are definitely up there. Um, Phil's bald head has played my <laughs> success. Uh, God, what else? So much stuff that I can't put on air. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll go with the Uncrustables, and we'll just we'll leave it at the Uncrustables, et cetera. And, okay. And we're just going to try and keep rolling with that, you know. Okay. So. appreciate it, yeah. It's not always great to share superstitions, but we were just <laughs> curious. Confirmed Uncrustables, though. That's, that's definitely what's happening. Were Uncrustables eaten last night before Sanford? Oh, they were pounded. <laughs> oh, my God, they were pounded. I think I had three during the game. Like, And it's always the strawberry ones. Don't get it twisted. Ooh, okay. The grape ones are good. But the strawberry ones give us juice. So okay. just for the people at home, strawberry. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I've ever had the strawberry yeah, ones. The strawberry one? I've had the grape ones like my whole life, but I guess really? now I got to transition. You got to try the strawberry ones. And then they have ones with like honey. Well, that's a special edition. They have ones with <laughs> honey in them that are unbelievable. Like actually unbelievable. You got to try both of them. Okay, good to know. It's the way to go. I'll, I'll take your word for yeah. it. <laughs> I'm going to need a review though. <laughs> All Maybe right. we'll get them to sponsor a post-game meal. Can we get like an <laughs> NIL from like schools or something? I bet we totally could. Oh, we'll, so good. We'll, we'll contact the right people. Yeah, that. please get your people on. <laughs> okay. Because we need it. <laughs> uh, okay, so final final question here. What are you most looking forward to for the rest of the season? I think just seeing how far we can go with this thing. Like, I know that's kind of a cliche answer, but. It's true. Like, this is a great group of guys. Um, and it's different from other summer teams, too, because we're all kind of like I alluded to, like, we're all kind of mature in the way like we want to like compete, the way we're kind of like processing the game and at bats. Like, it, it's not like those typical summer teams, like, ah, you know, whatever. Like, I hope I get pinch hit for, I hope I'm down today. Like, everybody wants to play, everybody wants to, to get their ABs. Like, a lot of guys have like chips on their shoulders. Like, Elliot's going into Chapel Hill next year. Like, he's got to have a good summer, you know, like EJ just had like 25, 20 games, like after he raked for Columbia the year before, like he's got something to prove. Like there's a lot of guys like with stuff like to prove and stuff to do. And it's like playing with a team like that is so much more fun than playing on a team that just eh, like whatever. And so for me, it's, I really think this team has the potential to do some really, really cool stuff, especially with the staff we have and the way that we kind of put together ABs like, I know everybody talks about Newport and Martha's Vineyard, and that's granted they're great programs, but like I really like where we are. I really like what we have, and I want to see how far we can go because I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm super excited, and and hey, split the one one series versus the Sharks, and won't see them again until potentially the playoffs, which would be super cool. Which would be sweet. Yeah, yeah. I want to see those guys again, man. I'm, yeah, I don't like them. I them <laughs> I'm with you watching the broadcast. I wasn't. Wasn't too much of a fan either. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll see him again. But cool. Be good. Cool. Looking forward to it. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, of course. This was a great time, and we hope to see you again in the future. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, that was a really great experience, getting to have 
Matt, the Matt Bergevin in our apartment was just surreal. I just wanted to touch on the one point he made on stringing your at-bats together. I had never thought about it that way, and I just think that's a great way to think about it when you're in the heat of a game, thinking of every at-bat as just the same at-bat and attacking it the same way. It's just an incredible way to think about it. I'm with you there, and I think it's translated incredibly well to this whole Blue Sox lineup and this whole team in general. Just the plate discipline we've seen all season long has been super cool. And I also just want to mention real quick that Matt may be a reoccurring guest. We we have talked to him about being a clubhouse correspondent for the rest of the season. So stay tuned for that because that would be absolutely incredible. He's a great personality and we're really looking forward to that as well. Definitely really exciting stuff, yeah. Yeah, a lot, lot of cool stuff in the works, so so keep with us. But right now, we are going to transition into the Freitas Fan Forecast. Freitas Fan Forecast. It has been a little bit of a longer episode, so I'll kind of make it quick. But just to recap, kind of the end of June, on Wednesday, June 21st, we have a 635 game. It's probably our biggest promotion of the year. Bark in the park, more than welcome to bring your dogs. Dogs will get in for $5, and all of those proceeds will go to TJO, a very good charity organization for animals. Our sponsor will be the Good Dog Spot, and we'll be giving away bandanas. On Thursday, we'll play the Newport Gulls at 635, sponsored by Holyoke Gas and Electric, and we'll be giving away water bottles. Uh, Wormtown Tasting will also be behind home plate kind of giving away their product. On Sunday, we'll take on the Westerners yet again. It'll be Military Appreciation Night. We'll be giving away military-themed towels. That should be a good crowd. I've been hearing that it's our biggest crowd of the year usually, so I would not miss that night. The atmosphere will be surreal. And to round out June, on Friday, June 30th, we have a little bit of a road trip but we come back for friday at 6 35 versus the bristol blues sponsored by michael's bus line we will be giving away 250 seat cushions and michael's bus line will give away a 25 person bus ride anywhere you want so definitely check out our upcoming games the promotions are getting better and better as we go along in the season and we're really excited yeah looking forward to all of these promotions to end the month of June. And just to touch on the Blue Sox schedule for the rest of this week. So today, Monday, we have a game against the Keene Swamp Bats. That is a makeup game because last Saturday's game got rained out. And then the Blue Sox will stay in Keene for Tuesday night to play them again. Then they will head back home on Wednesday, the 21st, to play the North Adams Steeplecats. Then a big game Thursday, the 22nd, versus the Newport Gulls. One of the best teams in the league. I'm really excited for that one. And then this weekend, the Blue Sox played the Steeplecats away. And then the North Shore Navigators on Saturday, the 24th away. And then they head back home on Sunday, like Nick said, to play the Danbury Westerners. So a lot of exciting games, a lot of games in a short time, as we've seen this whole season with the quick 44-game schedule. And Nick, are we? what are we looking forward to most? Uh, I think I'm... Kind of looking forward to that bark in the park. Uh, myself and 
my other intern friend Vincent have been working on it, so it should be one of our bigger promotions. I just kind of noticed a little joke that we're playing the Steeple Cat, so it's a little dog versus cat game. I think that's pretty funny, but we'll have a lot of stuff going on that night, so I think it should be exciting. I'm also looking forward to Military Appreciation Night. I'm a little bit biased because I'm also working on that night, but I'm excited to see the crowd get into it on Sunday afternoon game as well. Yeah, it's going to be another great week of games, and we look forward to talking with you guys again next week. So thank you so much for listening, and huge thank you again to Matt Bergvin for coming on and joining us. It was really incredible, and we hope to bring you more player interviews throughout the season. So take it easy.